Life has its ups and downs. Our guests will share their story and their journey through life. They'll share the struggles they hit and how they pivot in a way to come out stronger and better than before. Growing up, we are taught there is one way of life that essentially creates our life's checkmark. You have a choice to go in any direction you desire. As you listen to our guest, you're encouraged to look at your life and the checkmark you created in your mind and readjust if needed after listening to some of the incredible stories told. This is the Life's Checkmark Podcast, and I'm your host, John Emery. Hi, Anna. It's, I'm glad that you made it here. Um, and you're on the other side of the world from me, right? I, we're probably like really close. So you're, where are you from again? Ah, I live in Hobart, Tasmania, which okay. is a little island state at the bottom of Australia. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And so I'm in the U.S., and we we were able to connect through a Facebook group, you know, people asking to be on podcast guests, et cetera. And so we connected through that. And, you know, you have a journey to share that I think is going to be a, a little bit more different than a lot of other people, I think, especially with what you're doing. Um, so I, I like to just open it up. And if you could just share everybody, you know, who you are and we, you, if you want, just share a little bit about what you do do. Hi, well, my name's Anna, and I work as a paranormal specialist. I've given it that name because it encompasses working with the paranormal world around us in the sense of I go into people's homes energetically. Now, this can be anywhere in the world, and I clear out unwanted energetic disturbances, which affect people's sleeping patterns, their eating patterns, their behavioural patterns. They don't feel well. They're being watched they just don't feel comfortable in their home. So my journey kind of started very, very early on in life. I was a psychic child, if you want to just give it a give it a name, is that I've always felt the energy world around us. But how do you equate that and how do you scientifically prove that to the people around you? You know, when you're young, and even now, I can't prove what I see or how I how I work, but people feel the difference from the work, right? And so over the years, I know it works. I know my process works. So I've just expanded on what I do. So when you're young and you come from a mental health background, so on my mother's side, and now I can talk about this because they've both passed now. So on my mother's side, there was very, very generational, like it goes back generations, mental health issues, like everything you could possibly think of was on my mother's side. So they're all medicated. And this is something I wanted to avoid because I knew that my seeing, hearing, feeling spirits, feeling the energy of places, having the land talk to me, having trees, feeling the environment, I knew it wasn't a mental health issue. It's a very, I think, now I'm not a doctor, so I can't really give you defined information about this. But from my energetic perspective, I feel that mental health conditions can sometimes have a spiritual aspect, an open, sort of psychically open aspect. And that's all I'll say on it. So that's where I felt that I was. I was more on the spiritual end of the scale. And I just kept it to myself. So as a child, I observed the environment. I observed people and places. As I got into my teens, I really kept it to myself because you just want to blend in. You just want to be like everybody else. But I've never been like everybody else. I've always been a loner, always had 
my own thoughts, my own ways of doing things. I'm a Leo. If you're into star signs, Leo's are very bossy and very defined in the way they think about things. And they're just very, I don't know. I feel like I'm on top of my game now that I'm 55. It took me quite a while to get here. And there were lots and lots of obstacles. So about what age were you discovering this? Oh my gosh. I think it all started usually at bedtime. I'd be in bed and my little bed light would flicker. I'd be about five, six, seven, maybe. And I'd sleep with my light on all night. And my parents would come in and turn it off. And then sort of in that half asleep state, you kind of, I would turn it back on again because I felt that having light in the room was a comfort. It made me feel like I wasn't surrounded by these beings, but I know now that they're around us all the time. You don't have to go to haunted locations, haunted in exclamation marks or in asterisks. Um, you don't have to go to haunted locations. They are literally everywhere. Spirits come and go in our environment all the time. They enter our homes, they leave our homes. They're in shops, they're in parks, places, cemeteries, everywhere you could think of. People roam the earth in a spiritual form, in their energy form. So five, six, seven is when it kind of really clicked in. And I used to I used to talk about it with my parents. And they were very, oh, no, no, no. This is very taboo subject. We don't talk about this. You know, I, do you have a mental health issue? Well, we need to go, we need to observe you to make sure that you're not going down the mum's side of the family with their deep mental health issues. So I learned to keep it to myself. I kind of documented it in my mind. I didn't write it down anywhere. I didn't leave a trail of information. But the work I do now in people's homes is accumulation of everything that I've learned through my lifetime. And I work from a totally different aspect than any other house healer that you might see online, any other energetic property clearer. I have my own way of doing things and it really, really does work. And how did, how did, did you feel like keeping it closed up inside of you? Did you feel like you had a lot of pressure building inside of you because you wanted to tell people and they wouldn't understand you? I, because of, because of, again, my mum's issues, I just learned that you don't say anything that you don't want to be taken the wrong way. So mm -hmm. yes, I did keep it locked up inside me for a long time and it made me feel different. Like I was always odd. I never liked similar things to young people my age. I was always interested in the paranormal at the library for as soon as I could have a library card. I'd go to the library and I'd read books. I'd want to learn about the paranormal because I couldn't talk to anybody. The library in those days, we didn't have the internet. There was mm. no get on Google and search stuff. You had to go to the physical books in a location. I made the mistake, though, of bringing some books home one day. It was something about ectoplasm and about spirits in haunted places. And my dad got really, really upset it was like, you can't read that. So whether that came from a religious background or a religious understanding of fearing the dark side, the devil, all that sort of thing, I wasn't into satanic worship. I mean, seriously, it was nothing like that. It was a curiosity about what I was feeling poking me in the shoulder when I was in bed when I was little, why things would fall off the table, why I would feel people sort of touching my hair or sort of just talking to me or showing me these random images in my mind that I knew weren't mine. So it was it was a really hard childhood. And 
I kind of appreciate it now because I didn't go down the same track as everybody else. I've always followed my own line of thinking and I always knew what I was seeing was real. I just had to wait till I was an adult and able to do some energy work, do some practice with my own method, do work for friends and family. Now I'm an adult, I can do that and they don't sort of discriminate as much. There is scepticism, which is great. I love the skeptics. But people actually come back and tell me, you know what, I don't believe that you did do the energy work, but it's the only thing that I've had done in the last, say, week or month. My home feels different. The kids aren't arguing. The dog is actually coming inside, hasn't got a tail between its legs all the time, looking frightened. So I won't say that energy work is real, but what you did helped. And I take that as a thumbs up. To me, that is enough that I've planted the seed in someone's mind that not everything has to be tangible that you can touch or that you can see with your eyes. There is an energy world around us. And about what age did you start to come out and start to explore and maybe start working with people and, and clearing the energy around them? Ah, oh, no, that was, that was a process. Because I did the usual things, I got married about 26, had some children, did the family thing because I love family. I worked as a teacher assistant for a long time with small children. So that was my mainstream self. So probably mid-20s, sort of late 20s, say 28 onwards, hitting into 35, 40 is when I started doing the house clearing work. But before then, I started exploring my psychic self understanding why I felt a certain way and the seeing the visions, hearing the voices. I started with doing card readings and that didn't really cut it for me. Like with Oracle tarot cards, I wanted something different. Like I was on this journey of learning how to understand the energy world. And this sort of got me into understanding where I am now. So I found cards, nah, okay, but not me. Then I got into palmistry and numerology. That was me. That was me for a long time. And because that sort of work is mildly accepted, especially when you go to psychic events, you go to festivals, you go to expos, you book a table, you can do readings for people. You've got people coming that believe in it most of the time. There is a few skeptics, but 80% of the people believe. So I was learning to, to trust and understand what I was doing. So I did that for probably 10 years on and off. So heading into my 40s is where things change for most people. You start to you start to go, you know what? I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to be me. Like I was that right from very young, but you, you still want to fit in. When you get to 40s, you, you, you really don't care about fitting in with other people. You kind of start to own who you are. So then I started look at the, looking at doing some house clearing. I learned to use a pendulum because my pendulum is my dowsing tool. And people say, why, why do you do that? Why can't you just do it with your mind? I do sense things, hear, see, feel with my mind and my body because your body is a dowsing tool. But we have so much going on in our heads all the time. You're thinking about your own needs, your family needs work, bills, stresses. How are your spiritual supporters who I work with, with my pendulum, how are they supposed to get through all that monkey chatter? You know, all that rubbish that's in our heads. So I learned to use an external dowsing tool. Now I tried the copper rods. 
they take way too long. I don't have the time or the patience to use the paranormal rods or the copper rods people use sometimes for divining, for divining, finding where, you know, water is in the environment. I used to use them when I was a paranormal tour guide for a little while with people. They found it fun. It was kind of a bit of a gimmick. They could see the rods moving and they weren't doing it, but that didn't cut it for work. That's all right for entertainment. For work, I needed something that would give me an external focus. So I knew it wasn't stuff in my head. It was an external force and this kind of throws people, they're like, you're moving that pendulum, aren't you? And I'm going, no, I'll show them my yes and my no answer, which I learned over probably about three to four months. It took me to hone my pendulum to connect to my energy and I trusted it, which is a massive part of doing energy work. You have to trust the process and understand how the energy world works. You've got the light side, you've got the dark side. You have to understand how they both work so you don't get tricked by the darkies, as I call them, by the paranormals. So my pendulum is the tool that I use every single day, probably eight hours a day sometimes to do my energy work, to do clearing of myself, to connect with the energy of people's homes, to connect with people and their pets and their cars and their caravans. You would believe, you wouldn't believe where Energetic imprints is what I clear from people's homes. You wouldn't believe you wouldn't believe where they where they are. You wouldn't believe where you find them in homes, especially pre-owned homes that you're buying a new house and you do the walk around and it's like, wow, I love it. This is great about it. That's great about it. There's a pool out the back, beautiful garden. You might go through it once or twice and you think, yeah, it feels really good. When you move in. And all of a sudden, like I mentioned earlier, the dog won't come in or the cat's misbehaving. Animals are very energetically sensitive. They know the changes in the environment. And you find that you can't sleep and you put it down to, oh, you know, new house, new environment, maybe a new suburb or a new country. And you go, yeah, it's just that. But after a while, your health starts to get affected. Now, that can be medical, obviously, or mental health. I always put energetic third on the scale. I never, ever go to energy as a first point with my clients, whether it's a personal clearing or a home clearing. It's always third on the scale. But you'd be surprised what you find in homes. And it's really interesting when you do energy work because you become super, super sensitive to the environment around us, which is a positive. It's also a big negative. Like I, have, I have difficulties going anywhere without picking up the energy that's around us. And people go, oh, why can't you protect yourself? I do to a degree, but there's two issues. One is I'm a paranormal addict, which means I want to know everything about the paranormal world around us. This is why I have my podcast and I do the work I do is because I want to educate people. So I always have my radar out, as I call it. My paranormal radar is always on the lookout. So when I'm leaving home, I can protect myself. I can sort of shut down that radar to a degree. But because the paranormal for me is a bit of an addiction, it's it's hard to shut down all the time. And so you come across obstacles and stuff along the way, right? I, I know you mentioned a few. How does one go Anna's going to come out and help me because this is the problem I'm having it's not something else 
you know, mentally or whatever, like you said, right? So how how does somebody go? That must be the problem. You know what I mean? And and you're trying to explain it to them or explain to people that don't even have an idea what they're talking about. You know, that, what, what's that like? It's interesting. I love skeptics. Skeptics are my favorite people to convince that there is something out there. It's just, and I don't push my point of view on anyone. If I'm talking to someone at a market or I'm talking to someone in person or online or through a Zoom call, I never, ever push my point of view. I include it as another perspective about what is around us. So I'll have someone ring me for a consultation call, which I don't charge for, and they'll be maybe referred from a friend who's had some house clearing work done. And the person will be skeptical. And I'll do all the debunking with them. I'll say, have you looked at this in your home, this in your home? I'll go through a whole list of things with them. And they'll go, you know what? I just don't know what the problem is. And when we've done the debunking in the physical reality, you know, is it your fridge groaning? Is it is it a problem with the heating under your house? Have you got possums in your roof, rats in the walls, all those sorts of things that could be knocking or scratching or affecting your sleep. But they go, look, it's something else. Someone is watching me. I'm going, okay, you've seen your doctor. Yep, they gave me the tick. You've seen a mental health professional. Yep, no, I got no issues there. And I say to them, what else do you think it could possibly be? And they go, well, I think it might be a demon in my bedroom. Now, quite often I get that. And people go straight into fear because that's what we've been trained to do. We've been conditioned right back from the beginning of time to fear the darkness. Now, I specialize in the darkness because I want to educate people about them. I mean, I'm 55. I've been doing this work a long time, like probably around 30 year mark. I'm still here. I'm still fine. I've got all my limbs and all my faculties. When you understand how these beings work, they're not what we have been brainwashed to believe. Now, the issue with that is people love drama, whether it's human drama, whether it's your family or something that's going on around the world. People love to get caught in drama. When you include the paranormal in that, they go straight to fear, you know, the devil's going to kill me, the devil will hurt me. I'll go, no, actually, you might find that you might get some light flickering, you might have issues with your sleep and so forth, like I mentioned earlier. They're little energetic signs. You've got something in your house that shouldn't be there. And when I tune into homes, I am very, very respectful. Like I will... Talk to the property. So whether it's, I, like I said before, I'm in Hobart, Tasmania, which is way, way, way at the bottom of the world. I can work in the UK and Canada and USA and Iceland. It doesn't matter. Energy is omnipresent. And when I have conversations with clients, this kind of freaks people out a little bit. I will know that the paranormal beings are listening, say from a house in Canada, just say from Ontario in Canada. The paranormal beings in that home know we're having a Zoom call and quite often they'll they'll mess around with the settings, we'll lose things, the, the audio won't work, the video won't work for some reason. I'll say to people, look, let's move to Facebook. There's always a way to find a way to communicate because these beings are interested in what we're doing and they kind of like me but they kind of don't like me because they have to move out of the person's home. But it's done very respectfully. They're not hurt. They're not harmed. They simply 
need to move house. They're simply being evicted. So I'm working on a house at the moment and I always do the land first. I've learned recently in the last five years or so, you need to clear the land that's under the house. You need to clear the outbuildings, the backyard, the front yard, the driveway, the whole property basically, because you don't know what's been on the land before the house was built. This is where the detective work comes in. I am quite OCD, and this is where I work really, really well with this type of work, is that I check, I check, I double check, triple check, quadruple check. The work is always done. I sort of call myself a bit of a Sherlock Holmes of the paranormal world because you have to do the detail. I've worked with other house healers who skim the surface, and I moved away from them very quickly as a group or as friends, because I'm like, no, nah, it doesn't do the work. I find you've got to do the detail. You need to find, this This is basically what it is. This is why these paranormal beings are in people's homes. They're attracted to energetic imprints, usually of a negative nature, such as hatred, shame, guilt, despair, rage, anger. There's a whole list of emotional imprints because emotions are energy. And just imagine, just imagine in your mind for a moment, there's an elderly man sitting in a chair. Now, this is just an example. It's not, I'm not being sexist or anything. There's an elderly man sitting in a chair who's extremely lonely. None of his family come to visit him. His wife has passed. It's just him and his dog. So he sits in that chair ruminating. He's resentful. He's spiteful. He might be lonely. He's creating a pool of energy in that corner where the chair is not only in the chair, within himself as well, but also in the home. So these pools of energy, when they build, attract the paranormal feeders. And this is the only reason why they are in people's homes. They're not interested in you as a person. They're like, no, nah, move out of the way. I want all that resentment, shame, guilt, loneliness, abandonment that's been piling up in that corner. I'm just going to sit there and feed on it. So then you get people walking through those spaces and or they sit in that space and all of a sudden they don't feel right. And they're like, oh, I might be getting a cold. I might, I might be getting ill. Now that could be the case. Like I said before, medical, mental health, energy. But quite often, if you're fine outside the home, you go to work, you feel great. You're out socializing with your friends and you feel great. You come home, you go to bed or you sit in the lounge room or you're in the kitchen making a cup of tea. You don't feel right. It can be the home. It can be build-ups of these energetic imprints. So because I'm a paranormal addict and I'm OCD at the same time, I get into people's homes and go through every single room, all the outbuildings, the land, the attic, the basement, every nook and cranny within the home has to be cleared of these energetic imprints. Take away the food and the paranormal beings go, eh, I don't want to be here anymore. And they'll go, to the house down the road or go to the house next door. You know, people find that a bit confronting. You can't hurt or harm them because karmically for me, that's bad. And the other side of it is that there are millions of them and you do not want retaliation, which I experienced in the early days. I learned very early on, be polite, be respectful. And at least 85% of them give you that back. They understand you take away the food, they're going to go, oh, well, I'm just going to go somewhere else. Some of them retaliate a little bit because they're a little bit upset or annoyed, but I've learned how to manage them as well. So you're treating them as if they're people, you know, in a sense. 
Yeah. Exactly. Because there's a reason for this. When people talk to their spirit guides, angels, archangels, God's source energy, or the grandma who's passed away, and grandma comes and visits you through a medium, you treat them with respect. Mm-hmm. Right? The balance of that is these beings are only doing a job. You know, you don't create those imprints in your home or you buy a home that doesn't have them or you get your house cleared. They're not going to come back. They're not interested. They're only there because of the energetic food source that people create. They don't hurt us or harm us. They can make us tired. They can wear down the energy of our body. But what you see in the movies, that's all entertainment. That's what I try to explain to people. And through paranormal investigations, people get quite fearful But if you go into a paranormal investigation angry and resentful and you're using swear words and you're you're saying all sorts of things to antagonise these beings, what do you expect to get back? You're going to be antagonised back. They're going to follow you home. They're going to cause all sorts of issues because you've annoyed them. So in a way, they're just like people. When you treat people respectfully, most of the time, that's what you get back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You treat people how you want to be treated, right? That's that's the whole idea behind it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, when you were talking about describing the old man sitting in a chair, you know, and just, I don't know, just in sorrow and everything, you know, that reminds me of people today just being like depressed, not moving, just taking all that negative energy, as you would call it, and just laying there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love how you're describing it and you're sharing how it could be real life and the spiritual world like the same you know um what is like one story you could share with us that you know kind of sticks out to you that you you know you felt good about or it was a bad experience you know something that just you could just share with everybody i could share one of each if you like one from okay, yeah that'd be great connecting with the spirit here in this reality and I've got plenty about the other guys, but we'll have to file through those in my head for a little while to find a good one. Now, I cleared a home here for a a young lady and her children. She'd moved into a flat that had been occupied by someone previously. And it was just a little two-bedroomer. And as soon as she moved into this home, her energy started to change. And, like, she found me through a shop where I'd left my business cards when I was doing the sort of the – not mediumship, but I was doing the palmistry and the numerology. And she's like, oh, here's someone who does readings. They can come and give my house a reading. So because she's local, in those days, I used to visit people all the time. I don't really need to, but sometimes people go, look, I need to I need to suss you out before I employ you to do a job. And if they're local, I can do that. So I went to see this lady, and you're going to love this. This is how the paranormal world works. The spirit that was present in that unit He knew I was coming to the unit because when I went out to my car, this is so funny, my head was totally clear. Like I wasn't thinking about anything in particular. I had the lady's address on my iPad. I had my bag and my wallet and all those things. And I'm about to get in the car and I'm hit by a barrage of the worst swear words that you could imagine. Now, the journey was 20 minutes across the bridge over to this little suburb where this lady was living. For the whole 20 minutes, I was hit by the same words over and over again. It was someone who was really, really angry. Like this was a person who was really angry. And I'm like, okay, and I'm just thinking about it. My paranormal addict is going, okay, who could this be? What, what's going on? I'm going, ah. 
This didn't start happening until I got in the car to go to see this lady. This is where you do the detective work. So this is telling me that this is a spirit at that location that may be upset, may need help, may not know that they've actually passed away. Because quite often people will, they may die at home in their sleep or they have some sort of medical condition where they where they just pass away at home or they've passed away in the hospital, but they loved their home so much. And they don't want to leave it because of that emotional attachment that we all have to people, places, locations. So I get to this lady's place and I get out and I look up and the, the swearing stops. And I'm like, okay, you know, as I'm here and it was a he, so I'm using that particular gender. And I saw the curtains move. Now I thought, okay, that's probably the lady. No, she came down the stairs to greet me and she only has two toddlers. She doesn't have any cats, no pets. So no windows open that I could see. So was this spirit going, oh, she's here. She's going to be a problem. What am I going to do to get rid of her? So the lady takes me into her unit and we sit and we have a chat. And when I'm talking to her, like her skin was gray. I'd never seen someone with skin that color before. It was not... It just wasn't right. And she said, look, oh, since I've moved in here, these are the words that she used. And I always look at the language that people use because the way they explain things often shares information that they don't realise they're sharing. She said, look, I've just moved in here and I've been here for maybe two months. And since I've been here, my health has really taken a dive. She said, it wasn't 100% healthy to start with, but... I just don't feel right. There's something wrong here. And I'm not going to tell you where it is. I want you to go and find out. So as I talked about earlier, I use my body as a dowsing tool. I love it. I love going into places and standing in particular locations and just seeing what my body tells me. So some of the symptoms that my body will show me is I might get brain fog. I might get a stomach ache. I might get heart palpitations. Now, these aren't medical conditions for me. These aren't anything that I can say is, yep, I've been diagnosed with that. So is it undiagnosed? Possibly, but they don't occur till I go to people's places and I stand in particular locations. So I walked around this lady's unit. I do what I call a walkthrough. And I went into every room. And as I walked past this one particular room, I felt a shift. Now, what does that mean? Out of the corner of my eye, I saw like a waver of energy. It was interesting. And I went, I'm just going to note that. I went to all the other locations in this little unit. They're all clean, energetically clean as well as physically clean. I didn't pick up any of my bodily signs or symptoms. Walk into her bedroom and she's, she's nodding behind me. like She's following along behind me. And she's a little bit scared. You know, I understand that because people don't understand how this all works. And I go into that room. It was cold and it smelt a little bit off. And like it was clean, clean bedding, tidy, neat, no mess anywhere, no food scraps. You know, it was it was presentable. You know, so I walk in. Okay, someone's in here. I'm just talking to myself. I talk to myself all the time. Just a, a way of me hearing the information outside my head, if that makes sense. So I'm just talking away. And I, I, I sort of gestured to her, you know, can I, can I sit on your bed? Because I'm quite tall. I can be a little bit confronting <laughs> for the living and the non-living, believe me. 
it's much better when I sit down because then if they're standing over me, they feel like they have a little bit more power. It's just one of those body language things. So she said, yeah, yeah, just sit on the bed. So I'm sitting on the bed and I'm just waiting to see what comes. So I'm feeling prickly, like I'm feeling prickly, angry energy. It's like these waves of anger. If you've ever been in a pub or been in a room where people have been angry, you can feel it like there's static in the air. So I'm feeling this static and I'm just, for some reason, I just started moving the doona. Like I was moving my hand on the doona, like just making little circles, just maybe as a distraction, I don't know. I'm very tactile as well. So I like to do things with my hands. So it gives me a focal point. Didn't have the pendulum. So I was just moving my hand and I said out loud, do you know that you've passed away? And I got this wave of energy hit me again. It was like getting hit in the head by a volleyball. It was like, well, someone's really not happy. I didn't respond. Didn't react. Remember, respect. Respect really goes a long way. So I'm sitting there moving my hand. And I'm like, do you know that you've passed away? You know, did you live here before this lady and her children? And what I saw was really interesting. Because feeling is my first psychic sense. I feel the energy. But I saw this man, didn't see his face. I saw, well, how can I explain it? I saw the redness in his face, but I also saw braces, old man pants, and a flannelette shirt. God mm. love him. He was, he was angry. Like He was stomping his feet, and he was like, what I heard in my head next was, she's living in my house. He called it a house, even though it's only a little two-bedroom unit. She's in my house. Why is she here? She's moved all my things. Where have all my things gone? And I just repeated, do you know that you've passed away? And again, the barrage with the energy, the volleyball. I'm like, no, you can't frighten me. I'm not going until we sort this out. And I actually said that out loud. Well, you know what? I'm here to help you. You've shown yourself to me. Can I assist you in some way? And there was silence. I'm like, here we go. What's going to happen next? <laughs> Sitting there waiting to see what would happen. Around the bed comes this figure. Now, with my physical eyes, what I could see was sort of a wavering outline of a person. That's about the only way I can explain it. They weren't light. They weren't dark. It was sort of this wavering energy outline. And this person stood in front of me. And I didn't look up because remember the body language thing. I wanted to let him think that he was in control, that he had some sort of power in this situation. I just kept with the doona. And I said to him, do you want to transition into the afterlife? And there was another big pause, big, big pause this time. And then what I felt, because I'm a feeler, it was like these waves of sadness and despair and loneliness. There was no more basketballs hitting me. There was no more getting attacked by energy. It was, I was feeling what he was feeling. I said, you know what? If you're ready to let go of this reality, you can go and be with a family member. You can go and be with a friend on the other side. Is there someone that can come to you? They kind of come and collect us, if you know what I mean. People say when they're passing that they see their family members, their loved ones. 
And in my mind, again, I used to see a white picket fence as the crossing of the threshold. I could see this lady on the other side. Now, I don't do mediumship. I say to people, I'm not a medium, but I do get flashes of these images when I do this work. And what I saw was this beautiful elderly lady, and she was making this gesture with her hand, like, come, come to me, come to me. As I saw that, I don't know whether he was telepathically looking into my mind. It was really funny. I love this. I love it. What he did was I saw him combing his head, like he had a comb over. I could see the top of his head. He was tidying himself, like he was getting his hair ready. He was straightening his braces and tucking in his shirt. It was so lovely. His energy had changed, like he wasn't angry anymore. He'd released his despair and his loneliness and so forth through me. This is part of being a feeler, is that I think I helped transition their emotions and he looked at me like I saw eyes, didn't see the face. I just saw eyes. And in the eyes, I felt a thank you, if that makes sense. And he simply disappeared. Off he went. He didn't know he died. Maybe he died in his bed overnight. You know, sometimes people go to sleep and they just don't wake up again. So this lady... She was there at the door watching me and she must have thought I was nuts sort of talking to this person that she couldn't see and everything. But within 10 minutes, she got me to stay and have a cup of tea. And she went, oh, can you please go and check the room again? I'm still a little bit scared. I went back in the bedroom. It felt warmer. It felt lighter. It felt brighter. There wasn't that sort of dense, angry feeling that she'd lived with with all the months that she'd lived there. Now, let's fast forward sort of six months down the track. She asked me to go there again, just for a cup of tea and a thank you. Her skin colour had returned to normal. Like, it was just amazing. Yes, she still had some of her medical issues, because it's her medical issues, but she looked happier. She'd spring cleaned the whole flat. Like, it's just she had energy again. It's like she didn't feel weighed down by this presence in the home. That was probably one of my most memorable spirit experiences. I, I like how descriptive you are, and I can tell that you're very passionate about what you do and, and sharing that with others. Um, I like to see if I can come, have you come back on and you could tell us the other story that you're, you might be thinking of or, you know, um, yeah, sure. the, the other side of it, right. Where it's probably not as yeah. good, I guess, as what you were getting at. Uh, but so you're helping clients now. Are these, is it, it's over Zoom and stuff too? It's not just in person? So what I do is I will communicate with people through Zoom for the mm -hmm. consultation. Now, okay. the actual work of doing the energy clearing can take anywhere from eight hours up to 25, up to 40 hours sometimes, sometimes okay. longer if I have to keep checking a house every week. Yeah. So it's not as a fact of, I can go to someone's house with my pendulum and go uh, abracadabra, they're all gone. I have to do the detail. It's about going through every room, like I mentioned earlier. You have to unpack all the energetic imprints to then get the paranormal beings to leave. Once they leave, the energy, the energy of the home is lighter, brighter. It feels the building has a hum to it if that makes sense. I've actually seen this or seen this. I've felt this in the land, within buildings. 
within plants in the garden sometime when I had to talk to a very large gum tree who wasn't very happy. But the energy changes in the home and you can't do that instantly. People like to use sage and they like to use drumming and all these spiritual practices for cleansing a home. That will raise the vibration of the home to an extent. But if you don't do the detective work and remove all the energetic rubbish, as I call it, you're saging for no reason because paranormal beings, they have no, it has no effect on paranormal beings. They simply stand in the corner and fold their arms. So it's it's fascinating. What they show me these images. Like I'm very descriptive because I, I remember all these stories. I see them in my head. It's like having a, a massive paranormal filing cabinet in my head. I mean, then you you know. You know what you're going into when you go into these other houses or wherever you're going to clear this energy. Um, so you have to physically be there to do this. Do you just focus on locally around you or do you travel and, and take care oh, of this? Oh, no. This is worldwide. So I might physically visit someone in their home because sometimes locals need to be comforted. They need to actually see you and go, yep, I like your energy. But I do this work remotely. I've worked in Japan, Taiwan, Canada, the US, the UK, haven't done any jobs in Africa. But I've worked a lot through Europe. Because I work from a floor plan of the home, each level of the home have to have a floor plan. The address, a photo of the front of the building, and I jump on Google Maps and I will do a screenshot of the land and do like a little bird's eye view clearing. Because... You don't have to be present to do this work. Energy, like I mentioned before, I can be talking to someone in the US and the paranormal beings in that home, they know we're having a conversation. I mean, they're thousands of miles away. Energy is omnipresent. The same as when people talk about guides, angels, archangels. They're omnipresent as well. Energy is all around us. So it's all about permission and intention to do the work. Yeah. Uh, you just sharing that made me realize the energy I feel when I talk to people through this for, you know, just connecting with them. Cause I've expressed myself to several people, you know, guests I've had and yeah. So I can agree with you on the energy part. You know what I mean? You can feel the, the emotional part. You, although we can't physically touch each other, you can, you, you just have that feeling, right? Um, how does, how does somebody reach out to you and get to, you know, follow you, get to know your services and stuff, and maybe use you, use you if they need to. Ah, okay. So I have a website dedicated to my paranormal work called spiritualbeing.com.au. And the being is B-E hyphen I-N-G. Okay. And I have a and podcast called Perfectly Paranormal where I share lots of my experiences and lots of client experiences where I change names and locations because it's not about pinpointing people. It's about sharing and educating people in a non-fear-based way. This is why I'm different to everybody else. The paranormal is normal. It's not frightening. It's not scary. It's the, That's what we've been trained to think that these beings are. They actually teach us a lot about ourselves, which if we do another episode, I, when I talk a little bit more about the darker side of things, I can share what they've taught me about me. Okay. Which is. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I would love really to do that. Teachers. Yeah. We'll have to do that. Um, so before we, we end this, I, I'm going to ask you one question, you know, what are three key things you've learned and used along your journey? 
Okay. I have learned to be me. I have learned not to change myself to fit other people's perspectives or standards. Mm -hmm. I am always genuine, authentic. If I don't know something, I'll say I don't know something. I had to learn about black magic recently, people being attacked by demons that are sent through black magic. Like that was, that's only been the last maybe 18 months I've had to upskill in that area. So being genuine and authentic, I went, you know what? I haven't dealt with this before, but I'm going to work out a way to do it. Like determination is another one and resilience, I would say. That's four things, but they yeah. kind of all go together. But, yeah, just being yourself. Express yourself the way that you are because if you're trying to be someone else, it's not going to work. You know, yeah. share your skills the way that you do them through your perspective. Yeah, and, and you're all you shared all that by you holding everything in as a child and everything, and and then you coming out in your forties and start carrying out you know what you what you know what you feel and how you can help others. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing everything, being open, honest, descriptive, very descriptive. Um, but I, I look forward to having you back, and, and we can hear another darker side of the story if that's good. Yeah, thank you. That's great. Thank you. I've really enjoyed being here today. Thank you. Thank you for taking your time listening to Life's Checkmark. If you like this show, please subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you next time.